From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza with The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie and Brian. And welcome to The Desert Scene. We're very excited that our guest today is Jan Lupia. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Jan? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Thank Some God. People, we, we, yes, we're not worried about it. It's Lupia, Lupia, whatever you okay. want to say. <laughs> okay, Jan, I just don't like getting people's names wrong. So Jan Lupia, who is the executive director of Mama's House, and they have a big event coming up a little later in February, uh, their 10th anniversary, the annual Heartbeat of Love luncheon on Saturday, February 5th. Well, welcome to the Desert Team. We're so happy to talk to you today. Thank you. Likewise, what a beautiful, cool morning or day. I love it. Yes. Now, first of all, let's start out first. We'll get to the event in a little later. But first of all, let's tell people again what uh, all the great work that Mama's House does. Tell us about Mama's House. Thank you. Yes. And uh, I'm the founder also of Mama's House. And we work with women of all ages, um, certainly pregnant or just having had a baby are our primary targets. But we are also beginning to work with other women as well. We have a new uh, campus opening up uh, in the new year. So we will be taking on even more. And already we're working with um, women who have been sex trafficked or, human, you know, a victim of human trafficking. They are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we make sure that they want to turn their lives around. And then our program is very extensive, very um very uh, extensive and unique in that they must work on their high school diploma when they first come to us. And so often they do not have that because they went off the rails at some mm-hmm. point earlier in their lives. So that commitment we get from them and then that's top priority. We have uh, over 100 hours of curriculum they take uh, working with volunteer advocates and that those that curriculum is in parenting, job skills, life skills. We have teachers, tutors, people who help develop their reading skills, um, and just lots of uh, therapy. Therapy is one of the most critical things we do. Mm-hmm. Twice weekly, they get therapy, uh, professional therapy, not counting peer counseling, etc. And then once a week, they also work with an artist, and we call it art therapy for one hour. And that is very critical. They do all these things at no cost to them. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, we like to tell people that Mama's House is not just a shelter. We are listed as a shelter, but we're actually a very beautiful home. And one of the things that makes us unique is that the residents are functioning in a home, i.e. they're doing chores, which a lot of shelters do, Mm -hmm. but they are working in a kitchen, learning how to uh, prepare meals, learning how to shop, learning all the things that make them successful in running a household versus, and not putting down another, um, any other shelters, but unlike where you might be just served food every day and things like that, they are actually learning how to, to run a household. Learning life and skills, yeah. Yes, yeah. and considering so many come from very, very dysfunctional homes. Or, you know, that's it's just critical. You'd be surprised at things they do not know. Yeah. And how many, uh, how many, so you do have, how many uh, residents do you have on average uh, on, on any given day there? Well, we normally have um, 10. 
okay. him at this house, which is why, um, and, and I said normally we have a couple empty beds right now, but we're co- in constant um, intake process. So mm-hmm. I actually had four waiting last week. So it's just a we're not an emergency shelter where we just bring them in right. and kind of see what happens. We vet them. So 10 at a time is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then the new the new property is going to allow us to more than quadruple our number of residents. That's served. great. I was just going to ask about that if you're going to going to get a bigger space. That's great. Yes, but we hope to be fully operational um, there by the end of next year. Super. And so, t- when what? How? Uh, so, Ma- Mama's house. So, is this the tenth anniversary of Mama's house that you're celebrating, or has Mama's house been around longer? No, I founded it in nine. Uh, excuse me, two thousand twelve. Okay. Uh, founded it. Uh, received the five hundred one c three of March of two thousand twelve, and we found the our first home, the one we're currently in, and got the keys to the house in December of 2012. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely our 10-year anniversary for us. Um, it took about six months to get the uh, first house ready for residents, you know, finding the volunteers, hiring staff, writing policies, procedures, all the things you have to do. Mm-hmm. But by July of 2013, we received our first resident. And it all began. <laughs> and now, so how, so um, you must have a pretty, how large a staff and how many volunteers? You must take some volunteers to keep this running, yes? It does. Uh, we actually love our volunteers. We cannot uh, do all the things we do without them. We have over, I want, well, I want to say at least 250 volunteers. Wow. Now, how many are active on a day-to-day basis remains to be seen, but they're there, and we call on them. We have a wonderful app where when we first go through their interview and, and background checks and everything, they tell us what they're passionate about, what they would like to do. Then we, uh, when we put them in our app, we have that down. And if we have a great need for drivers next week, people who would drive a resident to and from an appointment mm-hmm. or something like that, it just, we can shoot that out the hours uh, that we need someone and shoot it out. They self schedule something comes up it you know they get back on there and it'll try and find somebody else so we, our volunteers are critical uh drivers teachers tutors uh advocates um babysitters we you see the the residents are up in our hope center which is our education and counseling extension um, that the uh, Allen Foundation and Berger Foundation helped us establish almost five years ago and it's where we also have our admin offices. But the residents come there to, to take all their classes and study and work with, uh, you know, work the program uh, outside of the house. So we have babysitters in the house that watch the children while they, while they participate in these programs and classes. Because to have a, you know, a newborn, you might get away with that and not be too distracted because they're sleeping so much. Mm-hmm. But if it's anything, um, two year old, yeah, stuff. not so much, yeah. Right, <laughs> they can't. Nobody can focus or get anything done. Yeah. So. so, Jan, I have a question for you. So, do you have? Do you? So, you've been around ten years now. So, do you have? Uh, I'm guessing successful success stories of women who've come in with babies who are in crisis and have gone through the program and then are now out, you know, taking care of themselves, their own home, and the babies are thriving, kids are thriving. Do you have success stories? 
We do. We do have success stories. And we also have two. Well, we have, uh, let's see how many right now, two or three that are working on their uh, college degrees in the house while they're in the house with us. And one of them has um, one degree already from COD, and she's working on her second at the University of California, San Bernardino. So, And then a lot of our residents have gone on and graduated from the nursing schools, Mm -hmm. like California Nursing Educational Institute, um, and go on from there to work at some of the uh, assisted living facilities in the area while they continue their education, etc. So, yes, we do. We have one resident that um, is on... Uh, she's hoping to become a police officer one day. Great. So that's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have success stories, yes. Um, yeah. Super. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I wanted to ask you about, I, I wanted to ask you a couple questions, of course, but I wanted to ask you, uh, has there ever been, have you, your success stories, do they ever, like, are any of your volunteers people that used to be there? I was curious about that. Used to be there. Um, they come back. Well, People that have gone through the program that come back and help out. Well, you know what? Yes, um, yes, we do. We do have some of those. Uh, not as many as I would hope or like, but we do. Um, yeah. So was, we we have lots of. I'm waiting for the day when one of them comes back and literally works for me. Yeah. So. I have a couple of those in my sights, and um, yeah, so we'll just see how that works out. It's like it's very interesting. But to answer your question, so many people that are drawn to help us—they're drawn there. They do have a background that involves something that has to do with what we work, whether it's an unplanned pregnancy they dealt with years ago, um, being a teen mom themselves. Uh, being homeless temporarily. You know, people don't understand it's not always just uh, totally dysfunctional people that are homeless. No, not at all. I had a a girl, uh, a woman come to me, a young woman, uh, years ago, and she was sleeping on a bench in Riverside in a park. And when I found out her story of uh, she was um, a certified nursing assistant and had worked at a place for a long, long time and just had gotten her own apartment. She hadn't ever been with me at that point, and she had gotten her own apartment, et cetera. And then that nursing home was shut down all of a sudden, like overnight, one of those kinds of things. And so she found herself out of work, lost um, lost everything, and called us. And we got her back on track, and she has since moved back to Chicago and is still working. So, and by the way, we do receive women. If I have open beds, we will receive women from anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and we have nice. done that. Excellent. We have done that. I mean, I, I'm not just saying we're going to, I don't ever want one empty bed. You know, sometimes we will have one or two leave at, at the same time. Not doesn't happen all the time, but, mm-hmm. but, um, if I have a waiting list, that really doesn't work. When you're in a crisis, a, a waiting list, what, what the heck? You yeah. know, how, what do you do with that? You're either going to go find another couch to sleep on, another, um, uh, you're going to go back into your addiction. It's not, it doesn't work. Yeah. And, yeah. and so often then when we do have a waiting list and we start calling them, okay, come in, um, they cannot be found. So we do work very hard to stay in touch with them the whole time, but sometimes it just doesn't work. 
Yeah. And you know, if they do, they do have to give me a clean drug test, but sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean that their addiction has ever been dealt with because uh, meth can be in and out of your system rather quickly so that you might give someone a clean drug test. But if we find out during our intensive um, intake process that someone has been using for quite a while, then we call upon one of our collaborating uh, community partners like Hacienda House or ABC Center or another place that might help them uh, get some tools for recovery for a few weeks and then come back to us. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, things like that. I I wanted to ask you about the upcoming February event, if you wanted to give us some information and our audience some information so they might be able to like attend this Get tickets. Get tickets and all Mm -hmm. that. Wonderful. And I tell you what, we've been selling tickets since uh, the end of October. Actually, we've been selling sponsorships since October, tickets, uh, individual tickets since November 1. We are planning to limit our uh, attendance this year to 1,000. And we've already, we only have like 250 tickets left. Wow. That's impressive. Right. I know. It, we're very blessed. Now, I may consider adding a few tables, but we are not going to go up to 1,200 like we did, we did the last couple of years, not mm. counting last year when we were only allowed to have 150 people. Wow. But, um, but anyway, no, they can still call us. We still have sponsorships open. So we do have, for those who do not know, we have the 70th Secretary of State, Mike, Mike Pompeo, Pompeo, is the speaker, also, yeah. Also, former CIA director and has a very extensive um, uh, bio, but he will be our guest speaker. And we have uh, sponsorships. You know, we have an individual ticket that's $1,000, and that includes the reception with him and a smaller group of people on Friday night, which is very, um, very different than the luncheon on Saturday. So, Friday night, February 4th is the VIP reception, and that's always pretty lively because it's a Q&A and it's just uh, just different uh, hors d'oeuvres and, and drinks, etc. And then on Sunday, of course, is our big, huge luncheon uh, begins at, um, I think, I think you know, people like to come look at the silent auction items and everything beginning around 10 or 10.30, and then the door is open for the luncheon at um, 11.30, and we're over at 1.30. And this so. is this is celebrating Mama's House is celebrating your tenth anniversary at the annual Heartbeat of Love luncheon. It's uh, now okay. The, is the luncheon Saturday or Sunday? The luncheon is Saturday, February fifth. Okay. Okay, right, and um, it's at the Esmeralda Ballroom. And what uh, what's is there a phone number or website people can buy tickets? Yeah, well, we're doing the tickets online just because we can't risk overselling or anything like that. So, okay. but tickets. Uh, let me give you the phone number. Sure. It's 844-232-8622, and that would be uh, extension 700 for tickets. Just go ahead as soon as the message comes on, just go ahead and press 700. Um, and then if someone does want to talk about sponsorships, because we have sponsorships that go from obviously a 1,000 way up, and some of the top ones include a very, very intimate dinner with the other premier sponsors um, and Mike Pompeo the night before after the VIP reception. It's very um, exclusive, 
probably 18 to 20 people max at that. Mm-hmm. dinner so well this is they need to call me then if they want to talk about sponsorships and my it's the same number but extension one okay so i just want to get this out again it's mama's house celebrating the 10th anniversary of the annual heartbeat of love lunch and the luncheon itself is saturday february 5th it's at the esmeralda ballroom uh registration silent auctions starts around 10 you can come look at the items ballroom doors open uh, it says 11 a.m here luncheon goes to 1 30 for tickets you can call eight Four four two three two eight six two two eight four four two three two eight six two two extension seven hundred. Well, Jan Lupia, thank you so much, and thank you for that wonderful work that you guys do. I mean, it's so 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 important, and what a, an asset to the Valley Mama's House is. Thank you, thank you, Bonnie. Uh, we appreciate you giving us this opportunity to share. Thank you, Abso- you and Brian. Uh, absolutely. Have a great lunch, and I think it's going to be fabulous. All right, happy holidays. Okay. Thank you to Jan. All right, we'll see you next time on The Desert Scene.